Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about commandment number five of the Ten Commandments. When my wife says to me, that was a good sermon, that means more to me than anybody else commenting. And I often tell couples, there's no one who can honor and love you more than your spouse, and there's no one who can hurt you more. There's no one who can so open the door of your heart, and there's no one that who can so close the door. And this is why this, the main tool that we have to communicate honor is our tongue. It's our speech. If you don't communicate it, people will be guessing. They won't know. You can think it. Guys are famous for thinking things, right? And you tell your wife, we're moving to Idaho. She's like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? You say, well, I've been thinking about this for five years. Yeah, but you never told me. Oh, I didn't. I thought thinking about it was telling you. This is the male mind. And I have one more thought on this for you guys. I guess I should communicate it so you know what I'm thinking. That was stolen from Ray Comfort. I have one more thought, and then I'm just going to sit here and think about it. (laughs) But let me communicate it to you. (laughs) I think you get the point. (laughs) If you want to walk in honor, you need to be filled with the Spirit. The way that you fulfill the righteous requirements of the law, Romans 8, 4, key verse, is by walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. You can't generate this all on your own. Take a look at Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The reason that you should obey is that it's the right thing to do. It's what God says it. Colossians 3, 20 says, this pleases the Lord. Now, there's a couple of scary passages. I'm not going to turn you to them, but if you are interested, Leviticus 20 verses 6 through 9, and Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21, are two scary passages about what happened to people in the Old Covenant if they disrespected their parents. And let me just say, it didn't end well for that person. God took it very seriously if there was disrespect. In fact, it sounds like it's one of the most serious sins that someone could commit. So we're to obey, we're to honor, honor your father and your mother, It's a commandment with a promise. God knows how we are. He knows, you know, sometimes you tell your kids, okay, if you, if you do well here, we'll go out to eat or we'll do something. God's a smart father, isn't he? He says, okay, do this. And there's even a promise. You don't do it because there's a promise, but there is a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. There's a comedian from years ago who used to say, he would say to his child, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. So there's a promise of a long, prosperous life. We'll talk about that in a second. But the the original promise was to long, prolonged days in the promised land. It was actually a promise for the nation of Israel. Now think about it with me. The nation of Israel went into the promised land eventually through the leadership of Joshua. They took Jericho. They entered into Canaan. They never conquered the whole territory. But what happened? Well, they disobeyed and dishonored God, and God used Assyria to destroy the 10 northern tribes up in the northern part of Israel. 
In 586 BC, God used Babylon through King Nebuchadnezzar to destroy the southern tribes and take them into captivity for 70 years. Then under the leadership of Nehemiah and Ezra, they returned, rebuilt the temple. And Malachi gives a final warning to the nation to repent. 400 years of silence. John the Baptist shows up on the scene. Repent. The kingdom of God is, is, is at hand. He introduces the Messiah to the nation. The nation largely rejects him. And in 40 years from the time that he died, God uses Rome in 70 AD to destroy Jerusalem. And for 1900 years, Israel was out of the land. Instead of being prolonged in the land, they were judged and disciplined by God and out of the land until 1948, brethren. God said, you want your days prolonged? You want blessing? There, there are scholars who would say, this is not necessarily a guarantee of a long life for everyone who's an honorable young child, etc. But this is a promise. It's a corporate promise. Think about this. America planted its flag on biblical values. Yes, the country was imperfect. Yes, there are problems. But they said, this is who, where we stand. This is where we get our wisdom. This is what our values are about. And America has now moved from those values. And here we are in a land that we said we've been blessed by God. Since God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, will our days be prolonged if we turn our back on God? I don't think we can take that for granted. So what is the solution for a nation like us? We live in America. We're not ancient Israel. We're not standing at Mount Sinai hearing the commandments. What do we do now? We return to God. And when we return to God, he will return to us. And when we honor him, he says it this way in 1 Samuel 2.30, those who honor me, I will honor. Those who curse me or don't honor me, I will lightly esteem. 1 Samuel 2.30, you honor God, he will honor you. You don't honor God, then he won't honor you. It's just that simple. And so this is the biblical prescription for our nation. We get back to honor. Amen? You guys think that's a pretty good idea? That we get back, oops, we get back to being an honorable nation, honoring the things that God says are important. My son, Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, don't forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Proverbs 15, 30, 31 says, he whose ear listens to a life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Deuteronomy 5.33 says, You shall walk in all the way which the Lord your God commanded you, that you may live, and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days, Deuteronomy 5.33, in the land which you shall possess. The principle is the commandment, and there's a prophetic promise. You do this, you'll get long, blessed life in the promised land. And of course, the ultimate journey for the believer is to end up in the millennial kingdom of Christ, where we'll have a long, eternal, blessed existence, amen, in his company forever. Honor me as your king, and I will give you eternal life. And I will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the promises, to the joy of the Lord, amen? This is what is at stake in the, in the idea of walking out this commandment. But there's another side, and I don't want you to miss it, and here's what it says, fathers, and in verse one, it addresses parents, so it could be both mom and dad here. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, 
but rather bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In other words, you, you have to teach them these things. For children, you are their first church, their first school, their first hospital, their first everything. They're going to get this from you. But don't provoke them to anger, parents. How, how might you do that? By not listening to their heart? You know, I told the story, sometimes I would come home and something would be broken. And, and oftentimes, I tell you, I have a regret. I didn't, I didn't often listen to what my kids were trying to communicate to me. Like, he did it, he did it. No, not always. Sometimes they were trying to explain, but I, in my anger, shut them down. I didn't let them talk. And so we, we, we can't provoke, provoke our kids. We've got to place the same value that we want on them. And try to calm down and say, Lord, please fill me with your spirit so that I don't alienate this child or I don't provoke them to be angry or I don't live one thing when I'm preaching from a pulpit and another thing when I'm talking to them in the living room. I want to be as consistent as I can be. And I need your Holy Spirit. We all, we all know that. Now, we're going to turn back to the Old Testament. We're winding down, but let's go to Deuteronomy just for a moment. I want to show you the repetition of the command. So the next generation was growing up and the Ten Commandments are repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Here's what it says in verse 16. Honor your father and your mother. It says, as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you on the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now skip all the way to chapter 6 verse 1. Now this Deuteronomy 6, 1 commandment This is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be, here's the promise, prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land, here's the promised land, flowing with milk and honey. And then the famous Hebrew Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. Let's say it together. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Essentially, Moses repeats the promise and says, if you want to be well, if you want to live a beautiful, prosperous, long life, if you want to be blessed in the land of promise, simply do what God says and he will bless you. And you'll be in a land flowing with milk and honey, which are metaphors for plenty and blessing and all the good things of life. This is what God calls upon us to do, to honor him and he will honor us. Now, back to uh, Exodus, and we'll finish it. In rapid fire, I've got verses that talk about honor. Uh, You can go back and listen to this if you want to, but in rapid fire, here's what it says about honor in the Bible. Honor wisdom, and she will exalt you. She will honor you and embrace, if you embrace her. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord from your wealth. Proverbs 11.16 says, A gracious woman attains honor. Proverbs 15.33 says, Before honor comes humility. Romans 12.10 says, Give preference to others in the church in honor. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael and some of today's top apologists for the Dare to Defend conference. On March 10th and 11th, these speakers will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's postmodern culture. This year's theme is Keeping the Faith in a Culture of Chaos. Come to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California on March 10th and 11th to hear speakers Detective Jay Warner Wallace. The idea that all we have in the universe is random accidents and the laws of physics or chemistry, then we're not going to get to, we're going to see the evidence differently because our presupposition really colors the way we see every piece of evidence in the room. Dr. Hugh Ross. When God created time, he was a causal agent that brought into effect time, which means at a minimum, he's got the equivalent to move and operate in two independent dimensions of time. Back at Cook. And they would say, are you moving? Did you did you meet someone? And, do you have, and I'm like, well, actually, I did meet someone in Jesus. I mean, they were really stunned. And especially when I got to the part about you know, the homosexuality being a sin, some of my friends really got hostile. Dr. Craig Hasten. Sure, this Jesus thing sounds good, but you know, I know nothing about Buddhism or Islam or Hinduism or Mormonism. And how do I know for sure that I've really got the goods? Lenny Esposito. This one conversation shows how much we've confused the motivations for why we believe something with good reasons for believing it. There's only one good reason to believe anything. And that is, if it's true. Monique Dusan. I think the idea that that's funny racism, like they let you into their home. And like I was, I came home with PTSD from South Africa and all that. And I think I, I started to really think about like, well, what if it wasn't racist? And Joe Dallas. If you want to punch somebody out and you punch somebody out, you're not struggling with punching somebody out. You are, in fact, punching somebody out. Register for the Dare to Defend conference on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. If you want to live a beautiful, prosperous, long life, if you want to be blessed in the land of promise, simply do what God says, and he will bless you. And you'll be in a land flowing with milk and honey, which are metaphors for plenty and blessing and all the good things of life. This is what God calls upon us to do. To honor him, and he will honor us. Now, back to uh, Exodus, and we'll finish it. In rapid fire, I've got verses that talk about honor. Uh, You can go back and listen to this if you want to, but in rapid fire, here's what it says about honor in the Bible. Honor wisdom, and she will exalt you. She will honor you and embrace, if you embrace her. Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord from your wealth. Proverbs 11.16 says, A gracious woman attains honor. Proverbs 15.33 says, Before honor comes humility. Romans 12.10 says, Give preference to others in the church in honor. Romans 13.7 says, Give honor to whom honor is due. 1 Thessalonians 4.4 says, Possess your own body or vessel in sanctification and honor. 1 Timothy 5.3 says, Honor widows who are widows indeed. 
1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. 1 Timothy 6.1 says, Regard your masters as worthy of all honor and don't be disrespectful. 1 Timothy 6.1 and 2. 1 Peter 2.17 says, Fear God and honor the king. 1 Peter 2.18 says, uh, Be submissive to your masters with all respect. 1 Peter 3.7 says, Grant your wife honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. And when you don't do it, James says there will be chaos, disorder, and every evil thing if you follow demonic, earthly wisdom instead of godly, biblical wisdom. It will be the difference between chaos and order, between what's ugly and what's beautiful. And if I had you guys line up and come and share your stories, I know I would get many affirmations about the difference between doing it your way and God's way. Amen. And the difference that it can make in a marriage and a family and parenting is everything. You got the principle. The promise is long, blessed time, long enduring in the land. And now I'm going to take you to a person who lived that out, who embodied honor. And his name, you can guess it, is Jesus. The night before Jesus died on the cross, he cried, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Not my honor, but yours. If there's another way, but I will honor you. And the next day he's nailed to a cross. And standing at the crucifixion site were several people, including his mom and a man named John. John, the beloved disciple, used to rest his head on Jesus' chest. And there was a close, intimate relationship. It becomes clear to us that Joseph, uh, Joseph of Joseph and Mary has died. And Jesus' brothers don't believe in him yet. They're not at the crucifixion site. And Jesus honoring his father, dying for us, showing us the value that he places on us, then looks down at his mom and essentially says, woman, look, behold, your son And then he says to John, behold your mother, as if to say, I'm going to honor my mom in my dying moments. You, John, you take care of my mom. Isn't it amazing that Jesus in his last breaths, if you will, honors his father and his mother to make sure that she's well taken care of. Now, Jesus died at about 33 is what the Bible says. Mary was a young mom. So let's just guess that Mary is about 50. This is a guess. Jesus from the cross says, John, I'm going to honor my mother and I want to make sure that she's taken care of. You take care of her. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus Christ is the ultimate embodiment example of honor. And the church's goal as we are changed little by little is to be sanctified or changed more into the image of Jesus. We are to honor the way he honors. Amen? And Jesus says, when you do these things, people will know that you belong to me. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Because what everybody else is doing doesn't make it right. You be a young man or a young woman of honor. You be a middle-aged person of honor. You be an older adult of honor. Honor is never out of season because it's the stuff that God cares about the most. 
And Jesus demonstrated that as he honored people, touching them with compassion. And of course, I just shared with you the story of his mom. And I want to leave you with this final thought. If the Lord honored you in giving so much value to your existence that he would come down and die for you, wouldn't you want to honor him by both trusting in his finished work at the cross and through the resurrection, but also living your life in honor of the king? Amen. He's worth it. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. You've been listening to The Fifth Commandment, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael's Ten Commandment teaching series in Exodus 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Or maybe you'd like to let us know how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, maybe you've heard this one before. My spouse thinks that kids should be seen and not heard, that they should just obey and not make excuses. So how can I help them maybe uh, be a parent that... Uh, garners a little bit more respect from their children. How, how do we balance that a child should honor their parents, but we don't, you know, the, the New Testament talks about we don't want to exasperate our children. You can read Colossians chapter 3. We don't want them to lose heart. We want to keep their hearts open. So what do we do there? Well, I'll say this. I'm a dad of three boys. They're all grown now. And um, we did a lot of stuff together. We still enjoy doing things together. Uh, they're all adults now. But when when they were growing up, it wasn't my job to be their friend per se. But we had a lot of fun together. So I, I guess in one sense, there was a uh, friendship and there is still a friendship there, but I'm still dad. So what do you do to keep a kid's heart open and yet draw good boundaries um, so that they respect who you are. I I think, you know, when you talk, when you uh, hear, when you are quick to listen, when you don't think that what they have to say is just valueless, I think uh, that will keep their hearts open. I don't think it's right to say, you know, just be seen and not heard. We don't want to hear from you because you're a kid. You know, Jesus welcomed the little children he put a high value on the preciousness of who they are. And there's a balance in parenting. We want to, of course, draw good boundaries and, and have good, godly, healthy, biblical discipline. And yet at the same time, not exasperate our children and not run them down so that they never feel like they can please us. And right there is a good biblical balance taking uh, these concepts and keeping the New Testament teaching in mind. Well, we're moving through the Ten Commandments, and this is Pastor Michael Lance, and we've been focusing on the fifth one about honoring your father and your mother, and that can bring out some some uh, amazingly positive thoughts for a lot of you, and perhaps some negative, challenging ones as well, because we live in a fallen world, and all of us can disappoint each other at one time or another. 
And so maybe you're working through these and going, man, this is not easy stuff because I don't have, uh, maybe you'd say I don't have the best of relationships here. But remember, Torah means to hit the mark. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can always do better by God's grace. And that should be the trajectory that we're all moving in. You know, we're never going to arrive fully. But if we try to honor the king in the way we behave, uh, we'll, we'll be making progress in the right direction. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth, and we're excited that you're with us. Hey, tomorrow we're going to get into the Sixth Commandment. We'll be talking about Thou Shall Not Murder and walking that out and digging in as we have been. Hey, so glad you're listening. Check in with us at walkintruth.com anytime you want to know more about the ministry or partner with us. It's walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. And hopefully, Walk in Truth helps people like you dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. You can give online at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the sixth commandment, thou shall not kill. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.